0: everybody, welcome to Zdenek's English Podcast. Here is another episode for you. How are you today? It's great to see so many familiar faces here. Not that I can actually see your faces. Um, but anyway, uh, hi Martin, hi Maxim. I think we also have Rob from English with Rob here today, which is amazing, of course. Helen is here as well. And a few other names, some of which I don't recognize, or it could be just some random people who decided to join, but heard this weird music that I played before the start of the show and then left. On a different note, there's just one quick thing I want to comment on. I have to say, I have barely recovered from this week, which has been marred, in my humble opinion, by the Super League Madness. Thank God the fans uh, took a stand against it, kind of united, and uh, the, the teams, uh, as a response to that, pulled out of it in the end. I honestly thought that I was witnessing the end of football as we know it, so I'm, I'm glad this is this is over now. But what a, What a crazy week this has been in terms of football. But I don't really want to go into football today because that's not why I'm here today. Today I'm here to talk to Erin. Erin is my guest tonight. And what a fantastic guest she's going to be. Um, Not only is she a fellow English teacher, but she's also a podcaster. Um, Erin is based in Dublin. She's English, but living in Dublin, in Ireland. And uh, she's got a fantastic podcast for English teachers called Everything EFL. EFL stands for English as a Foreign Language. So this is a podcast where she um, gives tips to English teachers uh, about all different areas uh, related to English teaching. And uh, I can only recommend this podcast. I think it's it's absolutely fantastic and a great resource for all English teachers. Uh, Erin c- certainly knows what she's doing. I like her style. She she it's very kind of quick paced and 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 she 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 has this um, enthusiasm and energy and uh, yeah highly recommend it okay so that's the introduction done and dusted and if you're listening to me uh, erin i would like you to come on now just call me in yeah it's happening ladies and gentlemen hello erin can you hear me
1: i can can you hear me
0: yes we can hear you loud and clear how are you today
1: I'm great. Um thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. Um, I'm a bit nervous now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no need no need to be and you deserve it and uh well all I can all I can say is that uh, I did not make this up this is all true. Uh, could you tell us uh, where we can find your podcast Erin?
1: Yes um well I suppose um following me on social media would be the best start, um, just search for Everything EFL or Everything EFL Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Um, I'm mainly on Instagram. Um, you could go to most podcast platforms and just search for Everything EFL and you'll find me there.
0: Excellent. Excellent. Wonderful. Wonderful. So I just I just want to quickly ask, is there an echo? Can anybody hear an echo? Because I can hear a little bit of an echo. but
1: uh, I, can, go- I can, I can, I can, I can. Yeah.
0: Martin, yeah, Martin says so as well. Um, usually, this is happening because I know, I know this is a bit weird with the phone and, uh, and all. Uh, uh, maybe it's because you're you're speaking directly into your phone, right, Erin? Yes. Yes. So it's possible that maybe the the sound that is coming uh, out of your phone, which is the headphones, right? It's too mm-hmm. close to the microphone or something like that. I, I don't. I don't know.
1: Could but be I, I'm also in a very large room. That might be a reason as well.
0: okay. Well let's let's see what happens sometimes. Like it, it just disappears, like <laughs> you never know like what's gonna happen yeah. with this because yeah. Maybe there will be no echo when you're talking by yourself. Maybe it was just because we were sort of like talking over each other for a second there. Okay, so Erin, um, um so how uh, How how are you these days? You're you're living in Dublin, yeah? So how is Dublin these days?
1: Um, Yeah, I'm just outside the city centre. I'm a little bit in the countryside, which is a godsend um, in the days of lockdown. Um, Mm -hmm. Dublin is a little bit crowded because the weather's been nice, but there's still like a lot of stuff that's closed. The pubs, the restaurants, the closed shops, all closed down. So um, I'm just not really leaving the house very much just trying yeah. to be safe. And um, I'm bored though now. I'm bored. I need company. So yeah, I'm glad <laughs> to be here talking to you, to be honest. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that it could be worse for you. <laughs> That's great, great to hear. Uh, okay, likewise, obviously. And um, well, just going back to your podcast quickly, I yes. have to say that to, today I listened to one of your latest episodes and it was on how to deal with shy students online, which I thought... Oh. Which I thought was interesting and uh, certainly certainly a topic to explore. Uh, great tips, by the way, um, and you. I also like 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 the like the personal touch that you uh, sort of like you started off by talking about your own personal experience with this. And yeah, I, I quite like it because I think all of us English teachers can certainly relate to it these days. So <laughs> absolutely,
1: <laughs> yeah. and that's always at the forefront of my mind. Um, can I deliver something that will actually people can relate to and be of use? You know, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of the aim of my podcast. I don't. When I listen to podcasts, I don't have patience for long introductions, um, for sort of wasted words. I just like to get to the point because I think that's probably what people want when they listen as well.
0: <laughs> you are you are the antithesis. Antith- I will never say this word correctly. Antithesis. antithesis. <laughs> antithesis. You are the antithesis. Antithesis of me as, as usual i 've I've, I've had such guests on this podcast before, so i 've practiced this word a lot of times already uh, it's sometimes a tough one. I, yeah, sometimes I do end up doing a long winded introduction, but I, 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 ha- I had you in mind because I know you are such such uh, uh, really a polar opposite of me, so I, I had you in mind when I was doing my my introduction today actually. <laughs> Yeah, and there's another thing we, we might uh, mention, and that's the fact that I might be appearing on your podcast
1: soon, I suppose. Yes, yes. Yeah. We recorded way back in January, I think it was. Um, right. Yeah, we had. I had a lot of spare time, so I thought I'd record a load of podcasts. And I keep planning to put your one out, and then I keep going, oh, oh no, I've got an idea, and then I have to do a quick <laughs> recording of my own ideas, and everything else gets pushed back. But um, – Soon. Yes. Hopefully within the next 6 weeks, I'd say. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool, but don't cool, hold cool. me to that. <laughs> 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 Things may change.
0: <laughs> I wanted to say I can't wait, but that might sound you may a have bit to. <laughs> se- se- That might sound a bit uh, self-indulgent. <laughs>
1: <laughs> not at all. There's nothing wrong with that. Why not?
0: <laughs> all right. But actually, listeners, you might be surprised, but I've actually invited Erin to talk to me about the Lord of the Rings today. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was an interesting idea. I asked Erin the other day what sort of topics she would be keen to talk about here on this podcast, and she suggested to me two things that she is personally really into. Um, it would be the Lord of the Rings and also true crime. I like both of these ideas, but uh, in the end, I chose the Lord of the Rings because I'm, I'm a huge fan of it myself. So it was a kind of a no-brainer for me.
1: (laughs) Good stuff. And also, I think, you know, serial killers might not be everybody's cup of tea, you know? I think we're on slightly safer ground with Lord of the Rings.
0: (laughs) I guess. But it could be interesting, too, if you ask me. I mean, I would love to explore that area because I haven't done enough of this on this podcast, you know? So, you know.
1: Another time, maybe.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So... I'm going to just quickly introduce The Lord of the Rings because I've prepared uh, two paragraphs from the Wikipedia. I'm going to be quoting Wikipedia just to remind everybody what this is. I'm sure, I'm sure the vast majority of the, of the listeners know it, but uh, you know. Anyway, so The Lord of the Rings is an epic high fantasy novel by the English author and scholar J.R.R. Tolkien, set in the Middle Earth, the world at uh, some distant time in the past. The story began as a sequel to Tolkien's 1937 children's book, The Hobbit, which eventually developed into a much larger work written in stages between 1937 and 1949. So actually during the Second World War. Uh, The Lord of the Rings is one of the best-selling books ever written with over uh, 150 million copies sold. And there's one more paragraph. It's it's almost uh, over. <laughs> uh, the title names uh, the story's main antagonist, the Dark Lord. So- I don't know how to pronounce it. So- Sauron. 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 Yeah, who had in an earlier age created the One Ring to rule the other rings of power as the ultimate weapon in his campaign to conquer and rule all the Middle Earth from homely beginnings in the Shire, uh, a Hobbit land reminiscent of the English countryside the story ranges across the middle earth following the quest to destroy the one ring mainly through the eyes of the hobbits Frodo Sam Mary and Pippin so (laughs) why Lord of the Rings Erin what fascinates you about it
1: Oh, so many things. Um, this might take me about 15 minutes to answer. Um, well, when I was a child, me and my sister, we shared a bedroom and my dad would read to us every night. We we're a massive like readers in our family, always been into books. And he, he used to read The Hobbit, which, as you rightly said, was kind of like the precursor um, to Lord of the Rings. And he actually wrote The Hobbit for his children. It was It's a children's book and then my dad was always into lord of the rings there was always a copy around the house and then um i started reading it i think actually just after the first film came out because the film came out and i thought oh brilliant you know brings back memories of childhood and all that and i watched it and i just fell in love with it like Mm -hmm. um i mean the you know it was always said there's no way anyone can ever make this into a film it's mm-hmm. just impossible because of, you know, if anyone's ever seen it or read it, the breadth and the scope, you know, just creating these different races, these different worlds, and just yep. Peter Jackson just nailed it. He absolutely oh. nailed it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I see eye to eye with you because, honestly, it's, it's, it's a great achievement because, to be honest, I agree with you that, it, it's, you know, just to sort of do justice to the story, it seems like, yep. an, like an impossible task. But he... He did it. He did it. And uh, well, there were some minor things that a few uh, cr- crazy people who were really like geek- geeky about and nerdy about the book might... Uh, you know, they they, they uh, picked the a bone with him about a few details. But, you know, 99% of the, of the film was just amazing, right?
1: I completely agree. Yeah, I mean, like some diehard fans would say there was a character missing or... He, got, he um Did he invent a character for this one, or was that the? Whole yeah, bit? I think was it. Wasn't
0: was it, wasn't it the, the the female elf
1: Arwen? Yeah, she was. She's briefly mentioned. Like, there's so many things yeah. that are briefly mentioned, and they just fleshed her out because, you know, everybody loves a love story, don't they? And uh, exactly. Aragorn yeah. is quite a dish, so uh, <laughs> I think he deserved to have a love interest
0: yeah and also you could argue that uh, like females were kind of underrepresented in the in the you know in the films so or it's actually a trilogy right, so three films yeah
1: yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I suppose you could say that, yeah, you could um but yeah, I mean there are so many things you can say about it, but like just i i think I fell in love with Hobbiton, you know, and I, I've yeah. like got all the DVDs and I've seen all the extras like at least twice and you know, they started making and, and creating that set about a year before they started filming because, you know, they had to grow the flowers and the grass and and mm-hmm. just like the, the everything that went into it and you can see it. I mean, every single corner of every shot, there's just so much detail there. It's yeah. um yeah. it's amazing. I mean what um what a feat to pull off, you know?
0: Absolutely. I mean, it it was filmed in New Zealand mostly, right?
1: Yeah.
0: uh, Now, the the place where they filmed it, uh, the Hobbiton and um, uh, what do you call those dwellings? They do have names, don't they? Those Um... dwellings that the Hobbits lived in.
1: Yeah, the hobbit holes. I I just call them hobbit holes. I,
0: I, I can't remember, but they they now they are now a tourist attraction. That, that... Yes,
1: Matter matter. It's um. Do you know, yeah. I went to New Zealand as well on my travels. Um, oh, really? And we we did sort of you know go around a lot. You know, try to find well, not find a lot of the places because my boyfriend at the time wasn't really into it. But you know, mm. everything resembled something Middle Earthy. It it has a very otherworldly quality about it. New Zealand um, because it's so. It is just as spectacular as in the films. It, it, you go around any corner, you go around any corner, and you you just gasp. Um, yeah. It's just beautiful, and it really was like the perfect place to do it. It really was.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure uh, I I can imagine. I mean, I saw I saw the the film so uh, like maybe fifteen times.
1: <laughs> so, is that all?
0: Uh, yeah and also also the extended versions and all that but it's actually interesting that i saw it so many times but the last time i did was maybe 15 years ago
1: oh really <laughs>
0: yeah it's weird isn't it
1: you need to revisit that
0: i i do yeah okay so uh by the way uh, rob says in the chat what are you talking about <laughs>
1: Good one. <laughs> I love a pun. I expect you do too, Zenek being a, a linguist.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. That's a nice pun, yeah. So what's in your opinion, makes it, I mean, this is a huge question, but if you were to answer in like a few sentences, what makes this such a compelling and timeless story? In my opinion, it's it's like uh, neck and neck with uh, Shakespeare there. That's me. That's me thinking, saying this. Okay,
1: so Okay. Oh, let me think. Just just bear with me. Yep. Okay. So let's start with the books, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they took what 12, 14 years to write. And mm-hmm. it's not just the story, there's this entire mythology surrounding it. And in the appendices of the book you've got language notes on the different languages, you know, he, like El- he writes, the Elvish, yeah. And the dwarvish and the Orc yep. language and all of that. And then um, I just think you've got that classic kind of good versus evil and good overcoming evil and all of that. And um just and, and then again you know, the way it's portrayed in the films, like the visuals of those people. Gollum was exactly, he sounded and looked exactly <laughs> as I imagined him to be. Like yeah. they could not have got that more right. And then just like again with the films, like the costumes are just stunning. Um mm. he he really just he got the portrayal of that world and that mythology really down. But yeah, I mean, the book's just, it's just a massive, it's a massive work. And and from a linguistic point of view as well, I think the reason people get so into it is because he's created language and, and language and identity. You can't disconnect those two things. And when people start identifying with these characters and these languages, I think that's what, you know, makes so many people just completely obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. I think what do you think
0: yeah I mean you hit the nail on, on the head honestly like you, you put it really brilliantly it's it's I remember uh, during my university studies um I was studying um uh, literature American and British literature and wow. I was even asked a question about this and um and the, the I did answer correctly i think but the 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 teacher elaborated on that saying that high fantasy like this is this is what what, they, what we call high fantasy which is like more than fantasy because it's it's as you said it's talking created the whole world not not the maps the, the, the oh, yeah, languages the
1: maps. He's oh. he's
0: not the only one by the way like there are others oh. but but it's it's unique it's it's and wasn't he, like, one of the first ones to do it as well? Isn't he considered the father of modern fantasy? I'm, I'm pretty sure he is.
1: I, I would say so. I would say so. And, I mean, since that came out, every other book now is some kind of fantasy series. Yep. It's had a real, like, kind Impact. of renaissance in the last 15, yep. 20 years. And then I, d- mm-hmm. I don't think there'd be a Game of Thrones without, Lord, without Tolkien, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and I actually have a question to ask about later on here <laughs> to do with Game of Thrones. But yeah, oh, I, I, I I I totally agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I, yeah, go on.
1: Can I ask you a question? Sure. Who um, have you read the books as well?
0: Yes, before, before, who, okay. before, before I saw do the you, films. Yeah.
1: Okay, do you have a favourite character? And if so, is it a different one in the book and in the film because of like the, the actor or the actress who portrayed them did such a good job?
0: Ooh, that's quite a tough question. Uh, <laughs> I did. I did quite like the the dynamic between uh, Aragorn, the elf, and uh, uh, Gimli, the dwarf. I, I did like that. It was just mm. it's just like a good good banter, isn't it? So yeah. I have to I have to say, obviously I, I like Frodo. Right? He's he's a brave. He's, he's like epitomizes what a protagonist should should be like. Uh, like. There's nothing bad about him, is there?
1: <laughs> no, but do you know what? I'm going to have to yeah. go with, um, rather than Frodo, I would say I think uh, Sean Astin's portrayal of Samwise was brilliant yeah. as well. You know, he was loyal to a fault. Um yeah. And I just think he portrayed that so well, like this kind of undying devotion and his utter heartbreak in the last one when Frodo kind of turned against him and then he got all defeated. And then he was like, right, (laughs) I'm going to kick some ass now. And he does. (laughs) Um, And I also absolutely love um, Sir Ian McKellen as Gandalf. I just think he, Mm -hmm. you know, you just want to give him a big hug, don't you? He's just such he just you know he portrays this real sort of powerful but very gentle and sweet person
0: yeah it's just with wiz- wise like, wisdom and just knows what to say exactly in the right moment and just you know but yeah and again the portrayal in the film is spot on if you ask me yeah
1: yeah he's he is just a brilliant actor he really is and then I was delighted when they made the Hobbit trilogy as well, um, even yeah. though I didn't like the last one very much um, because he was back in it again, just being a legend.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I thought I thought like unlike unlike the Lord of the Rings original films, I thought that the, the Hobbit was a bit like stretched. They stretched it out too much, considering it's just a like a smaller. It's like a is it really does it qualify as a novel?
1: Yeah, the, the, but the, I mean. Yep. It's the decision was clearly a financial one mm-hmm. uh, and it was a shame because they invented that elf woman and then they had that ridiculous love triangle between her and an elf. It was just, I mean, and a dwarf, it was just, it just got, I was so upset when I walked yeah. out of the cinema. I was like, I feel like writing a letter of complaint or something. It's <laughs> just not, it's not on, it's not necessary, but uh, do you think they, they
0: were just trying to appeal to wider audience? Or it was it just purely for economic financial. Like, that's financial. all it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: It, the first I, one was a trilogy and they thought if we can make three films instead of two, that's just more money. That's all that was. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you could, you could feel it. Although I did enjoy it, but you could feel it there. It wasn't the same for me. It wasn't the same watching, watching The Hobbit. I, I and I haven't seen it as many, ten, as many times as I, as I had seen The Lord of the Rings.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Yeah. So, what's better, the book or the film?
1: Oh, I do you know what? I think the film because the book is, you know, like uh, like I said, I have completely respect. I have complete respect for everything about it, but it is it can be quite a tough read when you get into book two, and there's a lot of trudging through Mordor. Um, the pace really slows down, and it is it is tough to work through book two. I have to say, like book one, I think. And probably the film as well and they're my I think they're my favorite like I think more stuff happens things are set up and they meet different people and like just loads of different stuff happens the pace is faster and then it slows right down and you have to really work through book two to get to book three (laughs) but having said that I think book two has one of the best scenes in the trilogy film you know I remember watching it for the first time I was in Somewhere in Indonesia. I was on my travels and we were sitting in a restaurant and they had a big screen up and the, they were showing the two towers illegally. It had just come out of the <laughs> cinema. So I sat mm-hmm. there and had dinner and I watched the whole thing. And you know, um, the Battle of Helm's Deep, when they're standing yep. there and they're waiting for all the orcs to come and um, the orcs come and they stand there and they start like stamping, you know, the silence. And then they start stamping and like yep. bashing their sticks on the ground and screaming. And it's like just this <laughs> Your heart's just pounding. It was. Ju- it's just a brilliant, brilliant scene.
0: Yeah. Also, also remind, uh, sort of brings back memories of the soundtrack, which was also amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Really beautiful, beautiful music, and that song by Enya, the first one. Um, yeah. As the credits roll on the May- on um, the Fellowship, it's just such a gorgeous song. She's got such a was beautiful, it- clear voice.
0: Was it called "May it Be" or
1: "May It Be"? She sings in Elvish as well, Mm -hmm. which is very Mm -hmm. impressive.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I do remember that. Mm -hmm. So uh, which of the characters do you most identify with?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I have absolutely no idea. Um, Probably none of them. Um, You answer that first and I'll have a think.
0: I don't know. It's a question for you. I just, I just wanted to return the favor because you asked me a difficult one as well. Uh, well,
1: I don't know. Whichever one is most full of self-doubt—that one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <No>. <laughs> um, I just like I like the hobbits because they have like this huge, like this massive heart. You know, like they—they the, yeah. uh, are small. You know, they are small. But it is just goes to show that no matter how small you are, uh, if you know, it's, I just wanted to say something profound, but I, I don't know what, what, what it was going to be. Yeah, no, uh, I guess small, I guess it's all, it comes down to, you know, like friendship and love. Yeah, the and smallest lo- loyalty person and, yeah, can have yeah. the
1: mightiest heart, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, exactly. And they have this real innocence about them. I think that's what's so appealing. You know, they don't really know anything of the outside world and um, yeah. they just remain sort of very nothing they go through some horrible traumatic events but nothing twists them you know how people go through trauma and it generally changes them and it's usually for the worst because people have no idea how to deal with the reactions that they're feeling but they don't they just stay sort of innocent and they just want to help and do their absolute best and they they stay brave right up until the end you know giving everything yeah
0: exactly so i guess I guess it's difficult to identify with someone as, uh, as wise as Gandalf. You know, you never want to be Gollum, right? So uh, it has, it has no. to be the Hobbits. <laughs> I would yeah. have to say one of the Hobbits.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, but do you know what, though? I think I'm not going to say we can all relate to Gollum, but I think he's played so well, you do feel sorry for him. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, he never stay even right up until the end, you know what's driving him and you know that in right, you know, look, you, seen by the split personality in the book and the film. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's sort of like a, a river, man. you know, he's one of the river folk, isn't he? There's just this simple kind of river guy, a bit like a hobbit just, and he's trapped in this, you know, like prolonged torture, the rings giving him a natural long life. And he's just in this kind of living hell. Um, yeah. And you see it and it's, it's, I mean, considering it's an animation, it really, I think is a testament to Andy Circus's acting. Um, mm-hmm. He is just amazing. And that voice, you know, it's... Yeah, um, yeah. He just created such a unique character. And I don't think anyone else could have done a, as good a job as him.
0: Yeah, I think that, that scene when he's sort of, like, when he uh, is, like, schizophrenic, you know, that mm-hmm. one, like, when when there is this fish i think it's something there's like a fish pond or something by the fish pond that that scene like that that really sort of you know shows it all Mm. yeah so um i've heard a rumor that uh, (laughs) actually it's it's happening there's a tv show coming up
1: yes i know um it's the most expensive TV series. It costs like 800 million to make or something. And, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know if it's um, even started yet. Is production started?
0: Uh, well, I've, I've, I was trying to Google it before the episode, but I should, I should have really check, checked it in more resources. But it, what I read was that it's due to be released this year, actually, <laughs> on Amazon. Oh. So I, I can check it again, I guess. Um, that is exciting,
1: and I think I don't think um, they're going through the same events. I think it's like um, probably taken from one of Tolkien's stories that happened way before
0: yeah. the events, yeah. which
1: is exciting as well because they're delving into the mythology.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And I, I, I think, I th- if I am not mistaken, I think the Tolkien family were quite strict with um, what they could and couldn't do. Like, I don't think they wanted them to stray too far from the original material. I think. Mm-hmm. Which is good. And you don't yeah. need to. You shouldn't have to. If you've got any kind of creativity and vision as a director, you shouldn't have to uh, create anything extra.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now comes the question about the Game of Thrones, because I assume as a fantasy Ooh. fan, you, 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 you've, you've watched this and might, you might have read the books as well. So.
1: um Do you know what? I wouldn't class myself as fantasy fan. I don't listen to or watch or read any other fantasy. But with Game of Thrones, we watched it. Mm. Um, I didn't have any expectations or knowledge of anything really much about it. I purposely stayed away from those conversations so that I could watch it and just watch it. Um, And I loved it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. But again, like just the detail and that the the acting is just brilliant. Um, But uh, we've collected, we started collecting the books, but I haven't read them yet. How about yeah, you?
0: Yeah, I, I have read um, them but I haven't finished the last book, I have to say. It's actually, it was really hard for me to get into. I think it's one of the most difficult things to read and this is coming from someone who has read like the, the plays by Shakespeare with in with the, like with uh, Tao art and these expressions and it wasn't wow. a problem because it's it's a, usually a straightforward plot, you know, and uh, mm. It's it's simple to follow, but with uh, Game of Thrones, I thought like first of all the language like there were a lot of like a lot of language that I didn't know. But it got better by the time I started reading the second book because a lot of the language repeated. But also the fact that there's so many plot lines, you know, and it's just difficult, yeah. difficult to difficult to follow the book.
1: There's if a you lot think going the fi-
0: <laughs> exactly, exactly, and if you think the film is hard to hard to follow sometimes then try the books
1: (laughs) i'm planning to who was your favorite character in the in the tv show
0: well definitely Arya stark i just i just although what what was happening to like when she went to that was it like a temple yeah no no face what was it no
1: i know what you mean yeah i know exactly what you mean
0: (laughs) i I can't remember faceless man or something
1: something like that yeah
0: something like that and uh, I'm. She kept repeating this phrase, "I'm no one," and she was like trained to be an assassin. So I thought it was it was a bit weird at times, but I just liked the character Arya. Like she was just genuine and and uh, real and fearless. And,
1: and she was fearless, fearless. And, and, and honest
0: as well. And uh, unlike, like she was unlike her sister, not not so much about the intrigues, but you know, like for me, she was like the, the one that really I. I you know, I cheered for in the show and you never like, I mean, let's not, let's not uh, spoil the TV show, but it's the thing mm. is like, you never know what's going to happen to someone. Right. When you watch. No. This, this
1: <laughs> They're not afraid to kill people off. And sometimes mm, you're no. like, Oh my God, they just, <laughs> they didn't just do that. Did they? They did.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Do you but know who I love? My, my, yeah. Go on. Um My favorite was Cersei. And I oh. will tell you why. She, I mean, not so much the character, she was horrible, but the way that um, Lena Headey portrayed her, um, she was just outstanding. Like, there were a lot of times in the scenes where she barely moved her face. I don't know if you remember, she barely moved her face. She just made like a small perceptible... Yeah. Gesture and and you knew exactly what she was thinking, exactly what she was trying to say, and that's that's a real talent. I just thought she was brilliant, and also the character just a lot of sometimes to please the audiences, like hard characters soften, you know, or like mm. they have a revelation or something like that. But she just she never learned her lesson, and she just remains sort of real, kind of bitter and twisted and <laughs> scheming right until yeah. the yeah. end. And I just thought she was brilliant.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, I I, I I do love the character as well, but it's it's a horrible horrible character. But I, yeah, I don't yeah, admire
1: just, any of her personal but, qualities, but um, I just thought exactly. her portrayal was excellent. <laughs> but
0: without without Cersei, like it wouldn't be Game of Thrones, yeah. No, not at all, not J- at all. Just like just like it wouldn't be without Tyrion Lannister, it's the same thing. So,
1: oh, he was brilliant as well. He was my other favorite, actually. Um, I just thought yeah. he played his character very very well, and his character did go through uh changes. And he's sort of, you know, he's not very likable at the beginning. You know, he's mm-hmm. just sort of this mm-hmm. drunken lush, um, <laughs> but he kind of turns out to be the hero. You know, or yeah. one of the heroes.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of people's favorite character too. But actually, Erin, my original question was to do uh, with uh, the um, um, the Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones, because I I thought I might as well ask you um, how these two stories compare and what what's 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 uh like what's similar and what's different, and maybe we could even talk Ooh. about the, the genre, like how is it a little okay. bit different?
1: Oh, um they're similar in that they've got a lot of scope you know again, you've got these worlds, these races, yep. these countries, these languages, um, and sort of the intermingling um, of these different people as well and how their lives interconnect. You've got the the classic sort of good versus evil um. Hmm what else differences i'm sure there are loads um it's a very complex question that i'm just not prepared to answer at the moment <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah well when it comes when it comes to the genre i think like doesn't it seem more the game of thrones doesn't it seem more like realistic and sort of crude like some at times like i love the lord of the rings don't get me wrong but at times it felt like a little bit like a fairy tale. You yeah, I think
1: that's, yeah, that's down to the the variety of creatures, I think, though. I mean, Game of Thrones, almost everyone's human. They look mm. like us. They sound like us. Yeah, um, yeah. So I suppose you, there, it's a bit easy to identify with. And, you know, if you look at a lot of the costumes, they are reminiscent of different cultures and eras mm. in human civilization, I think.
0: Yeah, and also like a lot of things that happen in the game of thrones like you wouldn't let your like uh, I don't know uh, 10-year-old kid.
1: Oh my god, be, uh, no.
0: Watch that, right? Uh, you know what I mean? Like this is really oh, yeah. sort of aimed at adults, I'd say. Yeah, the, the, I was actually shocked.
1: I I I wasn't yeah. prepared for the nudity. I was quite shocked. Um I don't mm-hmm. think all of it was necessary. I understand why they put it in. You know, it makes people watch it, but it was a little bit too much for me to be honest i'm getting a little yeah, bit but- old old-fashioned and i don't i don't like seeing all of that thank you
0: <laughs> i personally i didn't i didn't have a problem with that yeah i don't know but uh like, this is
1: the- <laughs> <laughs> what
0: do you mean <laughs> uh i don't know i just it's just what it is you know yeah and and it's not just nudity though it's the violence as well like it's it's goes quite far sometimes so
1: yeah Yeah. it is actually yeah that it was quite brutal i suppose you could say that is one of the differences like the lord of the rings violence is sort of not too graphic i mean arrows and swords and Mm. pretty much it but this is yeah they had some horrendous stuff didn't they in in game of Thrones, they had some quite nasty deaths (laughs) and tortures yeah
0: exactly and it is this this like moment when you don't know not a moment like what am i trying to say this Uh, the fact that you don't know what's going to like, who's going to die next and you can never be sure that someone is safe. You know, I I didn't really have this when I was, it's difficult to compare because uh, the Lord, I watched the film and read the books long time ago, but I don't remember ever feeling like, I don't know.
1: Anyone was going to die.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, someone died there, right? But it's not like
1: one person. Boromir. Yeah, exactly. You know, big deal. He, yeah. whatever. You know, he w- yeah. he would not be missed. He didn't make much of an impression. Yeah,
0: in Game of Thrones, it's like every single episode someone dies. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's good. Yeah, I li- I quite like that. I watched. Um, have you seen Sons of Anarchy? No. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't amazing, but um, it was the same kind of thing. Like um, it was based around a group of uh, motors, like a motorcycle gang. And you never knew who was going to get taken out. Right. Um, And I like that element in a series, like, because everything's very, very formulaic and predictable nowadays. So it's It's good to have something a little bit unexpected and shocking. And like, I quite like things, uh, films and TV series that don't wrap up neatly at the end
0: because that's too. not
1: how life works.
0: <laughs> yeah. And there's always this this factor that you always have to have a cliffhanger and often it would be in that cliffhanger in that final uh, they call it the season finale when someone dies, you know, but that that that's not that's not necessarily the case with uh, Game of Thrones. They just kill characters there left, right and center.
1: <laughs> they do. They do. Yeah, you yeah. can't get attached to anyone.
0: <laughs> no. I that would be a dangerous thing to do for sure. Okay, Erin, I've got one last question for us, and then uh, I might encourage uh, our listeners that are listening to us live, if they want to ask anything, they can...
1: Oh, yeah, ask. that would be exciting.
0: Yeah, that you guys can write down questions in the chat, as always, and uh, we will make sure uh, your questions are answered. So would you say that um, uh, The Lord of the Rings uh, is a good book, to pick up, if you are an English learner, and at what level hmm. would you would you recommend that? And should you watch the film first? Okay, how, how would you go about this question? I, you're
1: probably more qualified to answer that than me, but I would say you have to have at least a B2 level, and even then, I think you would struggle purely because it's very thick, it's very dense. There's you know, there's a lot of there's a lot going on. Um, and also because it was written sort of at the, in the first half of the 20th century, the language is a little bit, um, what's the word? Maybe a little bit labored. It's, it's, it's going to be a tough read because there's just going to be so many sort of structures and phrases and words that just we don't really use that much anymore. And, um, the, the sort of grammatical structure um, of some of the, um, sentences, again, a little bit old fashioned mm-hmm. that you might not immediately recognize. Um, so I would say uh, watch the films first definitely I mean it's just they're absolutely spectacular to watch anyway watch them with if your level of English is good I would say watch them with English subtitles definitely if your Mm. level of English isn't so good maybe watch it a few times with subtitles of your language and then a few times with subtitles of English but don't just watch it once there's so much going on and there's so much you can learn from reading um, and repetition is key guys um, If it's called comprehensible input if you want to really pick up language in a natural way you read something but you read it again and you read it again and you read it again and every time you read it your brain picks up more, it picks up a little grammar pattern here, picks up a collocation there um, mm-hmm. grammar is, le- is best learnt naturally with text um, but I think it can work just as well with a film if you if you watch it multiple times yeah, I'm talking multiple times, but I don't think you could get bored with it because you'll always be learning something.
0: Absolutely, and there's so much to it, really. And there's there are extended versions of the film as well, and it's three films, right? It's a trilogy. Yeah. And each film is uh, three hours long. <laughs> so, Over,
1: in some cases.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then it's it's actually amazing. You know what's what's also great about this, and what I would recommend to uh, English learners it's that you have got so many actually podcasts about this there are yeah. so many podcasts where people analyze the episodes and they talk about them and it's for example when i was uh, reading the um, the song of ice and fire I, mm-hmm. read one chap- well, I read one chapter and then listened to uh, a, i can't remember the name of the podcast but it just m- made everything clearer for me and more interesting and deeper experience and it's it's brilliant if you combine reading with listening it's just it's just wonderful yeah
1: great idea great idea yeah
0: yeah okay so we don't seem to have any questions so i will ask you if if you have a question erin maybe something that you think we may have Uh, omitted here or something we should have mentioned it's difficult really to do justice to this topic you know it's almost impossible but
1: okay well um when do you think you're going to watch them again
0: uh the the lord of the rings Mm. well well, i I should soon shouldn't i should soon because i will not regret that it's just a bit like it seems like i'm kind of Uh, detached from it now it's hard to it's hard to explain maybe this is what i need you know in this pandemic some some sort of world to to plunge myself into and forget about all all the everyday problems (laughs) something like that
1: yeah why not man and like here's a question do you like because your english is just outstandingly ridiculous like if you watch something like Lord of the Rings do you still find that there are some words you don't know or like if you watch an American movie or something do you still find yourself learning new words and phrases
0: well you always learn something and if it's not the words because because I've seen the the Lord of the Rings so many times that I would I would be really surprised if I if I found a word that I didn't know but what you what I can look at is, I don't know, for example, pronunciation, some features of connected speech. For mm. me as a as a learner, an English teacher, there's always something I can learn. I can learn from anything, essentially essentially. So
1: that's yeah. fantastic. And I think that's also very um as a teacher, you you need to keep learning, you need to keep honing your craft. There's nothing sadder than watching a teacher come yeah. in a staff room and just take the resource Absolutely. book and make some photocopies and then go into yeah. class and it's gonna be like yeah. page 15 exercise one oh, <laughs> God just change your job
0: change yeah, this your is job. this is actually part of the reason I love this job because I learn when I teach I also learn I'm a learner I'm yeah I'm a li- a lifelong learner right it's not my first language and it's it's exciting and uh, often I, I like you, you have to listen to different people because everybody has a different what is the expression nomenclature? Is that the word? Nomenclature.
1: nomenclature. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I've don't. i never used it in a sentence ever.
0: <laughs> okay, well, different way of talking. So everybody uses different vocabulary and, and this person mm. uses certain idioms and that person uses different idioms. And then when you sort of become a listener of a podcast and you listen a lot, then you find that, that there is not much sort of, like you can learn any more in terms of, new vocabulary like it does it does some doesn't sound right but you know what i'm trying to say that you yeah, listen to some someone else and it's just you you get a different perspective and that, yeah. that person uses, uses different vocabulary which is which i find quite interesting
1: forensic linguistics is have you heard of that
0: i haven't what, oh what, um what, if you get a chance
1: well there's it's best explained this way there is, I think it's on Netflix, it's called The Unabomber or The Hunt for the Unabomber, and it's like a three part uh, dram- dramatization, but it's a true story of the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski. He, like, I think in the 80s or 90s, he sent bombs and, um, like, killed people and stuff. So there was this big hunt on for them. But he had this manifesto. And um, of like why he was doing it, and they got this guy in, and he started analysing the idiosyncrasies of his his written language, and they yeah. managed to they fu- they managed to identify him. They managed to identify him, um, and uh, so they pioneered this um, s- new science called forensic linguistics, and it was used mm-hmm. in the John Benet Ramsey case. Do you know that one? The little pageant queen girl who who got murdered in the nineties. What's her name thing. again? John Benet Ramsey.
0: Not sure, not sure. Is that a Um, historical, So it's a historical figure, yeah?
1: No, it's a little girl who was, we're getting a bit dark here, guys. Sorry, (laughs) it it was a little girl who was murdered in um, Colorado in like the the 90s and they found um, a ransom note in the house. Um, But they compared like that language to kind of like um, the language of the mother, and, uh-huh. like, the films that she watched and things like that. And they kind of identified similarities between, like, um, her and the mu- movies that she'd watched and lines within those movies and the lines that were used in the the ransom note. It's mad. Mm-hmm. It's really, really mm-hmm. interesting. <laughs> well, it <laughs> well, sounds, really sounds exciting. That. I mm. think this
0: is kind of a teaser for your next Appearance on this podcast, <laughs> if you if you accept, if you accept, you know we should definitely do the one about true crime. So
1: yeah, could listen, be to nice... Talk about serial killers all day. <laughs> it's not pleasant, but it's fascinating, that's yeah, what I love about it.
0: I wouldn't be against it. I would I would love to hear the stories. So yeah, so thank you very much, Erin, for being on this podcast and talking to us about the Lord of the Rings, which which is uh, an incredible topic, and uh, yeah.
1: Thank you very much for having me. It's been uh, really good fun and, yeah, we should uh, do it again sometime. Good luck with the podcast.
0: Absolutely. Likewise, good luck with your podcast, Erin. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Thanks a lot for listening. For more information, go to ZdenX English Podcast Facebook group or visit zdenxenglishpodcast.hotbean.com. listening to podcasts can help you with your listening skills if you wish to work on your speaking skills join my brand new discord group called learn english online you will find the invite link on my website teacheslenic.com, zap section